Welcome to episode 124 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. How you doing, Cameron? What's happening? What's going uh, on? You know, it's been I'm doing fine. Yeah. Still still burnt. Still stressed. <laughs> uh, can you can you find a like sleep? Like lie down I and, can not, sleep. and not have yeah. the burn? Oh, it it was so painful this whole week. Um, but yeah, I can sleep again. I can raise my arms above my head. Literally for three days, my shoulders were so burnt, so burnt. I couldn't lift my hands up. Did, now, what did you? What lesson did you learn from this? Uh, check the expiration date on sunscreen. There we go. Which honestly, I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah, I have really old sunscreen that I use all the time. Maybe it's just the brand I had. What brand was it? Uh, Sun Bum. Oh, See, it's got an like, ape on it. Yeah, isn't it supposed to be pretty good stuff? Yeah. I don't know, someone left it in my house, apparently, years ago, and it's been sitting in my closet. What What was the expiration date? How old was it? It there. It doesn't have one. It, I, I don't see... Well, then how no can you check the expiration date? I don't know. I just you just buy new one every year. What SPF was it? I honestly have no idea. I haven't looked at the bottle since because it betrayed me. It may have been like a 10 or a 5 or something like that. Does that exist? Yeah. What's the point? There's really none. It's basically just like if you get is it aesthetically, yeah. It's like it, I just want, I just want to walk around today and just have the feeling of sunscreen, right? But not actually feel protected. A lot of the real low. SPF I like to life. I like to live life on the edge. The real risk taker. <laughs> the edge of the sun. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the real low SPF ones uh, have like bronzer in them. So like that's a thing. Okay. But like, look. So my strategy is I always go like thirty where I'm a little bit pale, and then no, reverse that. 30 where I'm already got a kind of a tan going on and then 15 where I need a little bit of color mm-hmm. and like reapply every hour. I I honestly think that it was just like no matter how much sunscreen I had put on, it had been a year, not counting Disney days, a year since I'd been outside for more than an hour. Uh, Cameron. I know. I know. As I was like contemplating my life choices throughout this whole week. You don't go like hike Runyon or go over to Griffith? I hadn't in a while. But it's right there. I know it is. It's right there. No, my computer's right here. Oh, my God. Cameron. <laughs> um, I don't know how to help you. It's, no one does. I've talked to many a therapist. <laughs> They've all kicked me out. <laughs> they just drop you on the front door. Yeah. Walk back into their office. They, they I start, can't do anything with they this. They start the timer. I get about two sentences out, and they're like, I see them like, it's, it's an old school timer where, where it's like an actual hand on the clock. Yeah. And I see them like winding it. Wait, it's like, sorry, time's up. Oh, time's up. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you can move again. I can, I guess. And that you can sleep again. Mm-hmm. It's very <laughs> stressful. Well, I mean, at least if you were going to stay inside all week long and do nothing, there were some good trailers this week. We did have some good stuff happen this to week. To keep you entertained. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, what did you think of the, the Charlie's Angels trailer? That's we got, what... Yes, we got a Charlie's Angels trailer. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. They are really just like, hey, don't worry about the story. Just come for everyone. Because there's three Bosleys. Yeah, I think that's a thing where it's like there's a whole bunch of Bosleys. One of them is one of them is Elizabeth Banks, who is also mm-hmm. directing it. Right. Uh, one of them is uh, Jijman Hansu. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart. And the other one is Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who else is in this movie? Nat Faxon's in there? What the hell? Yeah. Uh, Noah, Netflix uh, boy Noah is yeah, in there. Yeah, Noah Centineo. That's how you pronounce it. I like Noah Netflix boy. Sam Claflin. Uh, what's his name? Chris Pang from uh, 
Crazy Rich Asians. Like it, it's got a star-studded oh, cast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like um, the trailer looks fine. Yeah, I wasn't super taken with the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. it was. I mean, for me, the trailer is more just like, hey, they're in the movie. Oh my gosh, it's that person. Right, wow, they're, they're here too. too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really like that cast. It just doesn't look. I mean, I'm gonna see it for Naomi Scott because she continues to have, like, for someone so kind of under the radar still like i don't see her on a lot of late night stuff i don't see her kind of being talked about in the public light right she's been doing a lot it's true i mean she was as, as i was as i always joke she has my perfect career trajectory starting uh on a disney channel movie becoming a power ranger becoming a disney princess and now a secret agent right that's a fantastic trajectory that's that's a great resume right there yeah we, well we know she can kick ass yeah, you know, she's got some pipes. Mm-hmm. She can dance. Yeah, she's got it all. She's so. good with kids. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm just not. I, mm-hmm. I was really hopeful for that movie, just knowing the cast going into it, knowing it was Elizabeth Banks. But I'm just like, and Ooh. honestly, I'm really digging Kristen Stewart's character. It, it's good to see oh, her yeah. like enjoy a role again. Yeah, I mean, I think she's taken on mostly pretty serious stuff, but mm-hmm. she's is very talented. Yeah. And she does look like she's having a lot of fun. There was a movie that came out in 2016 called American Ultra. Do you remember this one? Uh, I remember. I never saw Where it. With her and Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's the last one I remember, like, her kind of enjoying the role. The movie didn't do well. Yeah. But it, it's basically Jesse Eisenberg um, is a Russian sleeper agent mm-hmm. or a government sleeper agent. Uh who's become a heavy heavy stoner and it's basically basically the weed has messed up his internal programming okay so his handler comes to try and activate him and it only half works because he's stoned when they activate him uh so he has all the skills but not he doesn't remember what his like his uh his target is okay uh so Kristen stewart plays his girlfriend i mean that's like i mean it sounds like a funny idea yeah Oh, it's a Max Landis movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Was anyone surprised when it turns out that he was a huge piece of shit? No. No, not at all. Mm-mm. You just kind of get that vibe off of him immediately. Well, I looked at a... I, I didn't know who he was, and I saw a photo of him. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, he's this just like nerdy, angsty little rage monster, mm-hmm. and I've always found him kind of gross. So no surprises Have there. you ever had any interactions with him or his apparent inner circle? No, because it sounds have like you? no. Oh, no, okay. No, <laughs> no it, it sounds like I mean, we we've had we've had third party experience because like we know people that have run into that circle. We do. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna call them out. Oh, okay. I don't. I think this is all above my head. Okay. Yeah, this is above your pay grade. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> your improv pay grade. My, my improv pay grade. My podcasting pay grade. Yeah, both of them very low. <clears throat> yeah, it, he's not in a great place right now. No. Nor has he really ever been. No, because he's a big piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, fun time. We got another trailer. Okay, this, this one I was super, super excited about. Oh, it looked so good. So at the end of... I'm, I'm kind of heartbroken that it's straight to DVD. I, I didn't realize that watching the second trailer or the trailer for a second time. But yeah, so at the end of Teen Titans Go to the Movie, they tease uh, 
a reappearance of the original badass Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And what that ended up becoming was a movie, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Yes. Which looks spectacular. So good. And I legitimately thought it was a theatrical release film until I watched the trailer a second time and I realized it was straight to DVD. And I'm like, what? No, what? I hope they do a limited release. Even if, like, I'll fucking run my ass onto the Warner Brothers lot to watch it in their theater. Like a Fathom event sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks so, so funny. I mean, it absolutely has that Teen Titans. Titans. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text my friend who runs um, Warner Brothers' events, uh, like internal events. Yeah. And see if I can convince her to do a Teen Titans Go party. <laughs> uh, I hope that happens. Because yeah. it looks... So damn funny. Uh, it's just like just the trailer alone is full of these incredible bits. And I'm just super, super damn excited about it. Yeah. It, it reminded me how good that first movie was. Yes. And how how smart it is and how they have perfectly pinpointed their audience. Yeah. Like they know exactly who this movie's for. It's for the fucking people that listen and make podcasts about about, about these Titans shows and yeah. DC stuff. No, I mean it looks so funny, and I haven't rewatched the original Titans show in quite some time. It's it's worth it, um, and I need to, to watch more of Teen Titans Go, the the animated series. But I'm just super super damn excited yeah. about it. So there's the the final shot of the trailer is, I mean it's it's basically as you texted me, it's. Uh, Warner Brothers attempt to rival into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. In that last shot of the trailer, if you I paused it and analyzed it for a good couple minutes. Of course you did. And you see a bunch of different iterations of the Titans, including their original character designs. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the comic style designs? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, I saw Starfire and I saw Raven in the background. I couldn't find anyone else's original. Oh, and I saw... Uh, they have Nightwing in there. Yeah, I see him in the uh, the credits here. Yeah. God damn, it looks so fantastic. I know. The the art for I did realize it's it's a DVD movie and not movie or a wide release. Theatrical, yeah. Uh because the art is a little uh is a little less polished than the original series. Uh it's like there's no oh, okay. I mean just just to fit in the the Teen Titans Go world, they kind of removed a lot of the shading. Um, and it, it just feels a little flatter. Okay. Than, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the shot. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So, okay. I see so top left. There should okay, be yeah, Starfire. I see, I see original comic Starfire, original comic Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm seeing multiple cyborgs. Uh, I, I uh, think, Nightwing think, is top center. Yeah. Nightwing's in there. This, this section here looks like the, uh, DC director DVD. Animated oh, versions yeah. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Cyborg, Beast Boy, Nightwing, Starfire, Raven. Um, oh, it just it just keeps going on. There's so many random weird things in there. I know, I love it, and I love the the bunny cyborg front and center. Oh, I miss the bunny. Oh yeah, because he's oh, like the first, the biggest thing. Well, but, I mean, I just saw the other cyborg. But oh yeah, there's like animal versions, it's like yeah. a bird raven or a bird raven, a bird robin. Oh my god! I know. I'm so excited for this. Movie. I don't know exactly when it comes out. I haven't gotten, I haven't found an actual release date yet. Does it just say coming soon at the end of, um, yeah, it just says coming soon. And there wasn't anything on IMDb, but I want this movie now. Okay. I mean, they'll probably do some announcement at Comic-Con. Probably. Yeah. Maybe the, prim- no, what's something else premiering at Comic-Con this year? What is uh, it? Hush. Oh, that's right. That's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it just doesn't look it just doesn't look very good mm-hmm. um i don't i mean i feel like that was kind of the big news this week was just that trailer oh uh henry cavill oh that's right yeah <clears throat> speaking very of- weird news yeah, so there's been a movie in the works for a while about Anola Holmes, who is the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes, who I guess this would be considered a spoiler for the Sherlock show. Have you watched all of it? Uh, no. Are you going to? Probably not. Okay. Well, for any of you who really care and haven't finished Sherlock, uh, Anola does feature in the final season oh, in some cool. capacity. I kind of forgot that she exists. Maybe she's a character from the books. I'm not quite sure, but... I guess there's a book series focusing on the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes, and so there's a movie in development for a long time starring Millie Bobby Is it Brown. Nancy Drew. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. She time jumps forward. Yeah, but what they don't, what people don't know is Nancy Drew is her middle name. It's actually Nancy Drew Holmes. Yes. Little known fact. Yeah. About Nancy Drew. Hasn't there been like, wait, isn't there? So there's a movie that just came out, like a really kids-looking movie about Nancy Drew, and it's like. The Hidden Staircase or something. But I think there's also... Are you sure you're not Nancy- thinking of the Door of the Explorer movie? No, I'm definitely thinking of an actual Nancy Drew movie. Okay. Because I've been subjected to that trailer far too many times going to an AMC. Really? And then I'm pretty sure that there is a Nancy Drew TV show that's going to be associated with the Riverdale-verse coming to the CW. Amazing. I'm down. I'm so I'm down. I'm pretty damn sure that's a thing. Which, like, that one kind of makes oh. more sense. Yeah, you're right, Nancy Drew in The Hidden Staircase. I do remember this trailer. Yeah. Probably from the one time I went to AMC with you. Yes, exactly. Oh, God. I mean, I love me some AMC A-list, but, oh, it's uh, the tra- it's 25 minutes of trailers, and they're often terrible. I went and saw Toy Story 4 yesterday. You did. I know. I'm, I wanted to, I'm excited to the, talk about it. The barrage <clears throat> of garbage trailers that I was faced with. It's like Angry Birds 2. There's someone where this, like, Snow Fox wants to be, like, a dog sled Mm-hmm. thing jeremy renner is the main voice great uh there's a door of the explorer trailer obviously did, did you get the um the the second yeti movie of this year no but i've seen that trailer okay, a lot yeah. too and i i will now deliberately go in like 10 to 15 minutes late knowing i have so much time before the movie starts yeah but i can't push it that far because that, that'd be like the one time when they don't have 25 minutes of trailers mm-hmm. but they were so painful i had to remind myself i'm going to see a kids movie i'm seeing a kids movie not all kid movies are really that great yeah most of them are fucking terrible i mean usually when i go into a theater like if i if it's my second time going to the theater that week i'll just keep my headphones on and like draw or do something on my phone for the trailers yeah because it's kind of 20 minutes of me time it's a much smarter choice yeah it's for me it's just 20 minutes of sadism of just rage <laughs> yes just slowly accumulating rage like maybe that's why i haven't been enjoying movies as much recently i have to like come down off of my trailer rage mm-hmm. but anywho so this this holmes movie that's coming out Henry Cavill has been cast as Sherlock Holmes. Which is such an odd choice. I feel like he has to debulk. I, I mean, I can't, one, he's not going to. I know, I know. Maybe, I mean, we still have The Witcher for him coming out later this year. Uh, oh, that's right, his show, yeah. <clears throat> so maybe we'll see kind of like a smarter, even though I know nothing about The Witcher, mm-hmm. maybe we'll see a different side of Henry that made someone up higher up be like, oh yeah, he'd be a good Sherlock. Look, I think he's very talented, actually. As do I. I. I still say that there's a glimmer of a really good Superman. He's just saddled with bad movies. Um, I really liked the Man from Uncle. I was, I was gonna. I love him as like the dumb, like the dumb guy. But he wasn't dumb in that. He was pretty smart. 
Yeah, he's an agent. He wa- yeah, but he wasn't like the smartest. Well, no, but I guess that's the same with. Uh, have you seen Mission Impossible Fallout? Yeah, we saw it together. Did we? Pretty sure. In IMAX? Maybe. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm not going to match up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's smart in that. He's not the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. I, I guess it's not smart. I like it when he's like the super cocky one. That's what he is in Man from Uncle. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I'd say there's a little bit of that in um, Mission Impossible, too. Yeah. I mean, there's just, uh, I just keep thinking about that amazing sequence where he cocks his arms. Oh, I know. Because everyone in my boxing gym did that for like months. Yeah. Or not everyone. Just me and one of the guys. Okay, yeah. I was going to say everyone. Everyone can. Me and one of the trainers. Uh, there was this other random thing I saw on uh, an episode of Krypton Season 2. Uh, so the grandfather of Kal-El is the main character. And he's going in for a fight. And he does the arm cock thing. It's like an homage <laughs> to Henry Cavill. So that was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good movie. Who knows? I'd love for Henry Cavill to just have a good movie yeah or he's he's the main guy yeah and again like man from uncle really good i liked it a lot i just didn't it just didn't make enough money which i thought was a real shame because i know i would watch those three people so army hammer henry cavill and alicia vikander i'd watch them brunch yeah like it doesn't matter it's like three of the sexiest most charming charismatic people on the planet Mm -hmm. doing anything i'd watch them go to ikea together i don't care yeah anything i'd i'd also watch that yeah <laughs> i would Make love to, I would to know how they shop <laughs> actually oh. it'll be uh it'll be another guy Ritchie movie he'll do the sequel it'll be them just stealing stuff from ikea and don't worry cameron at least in that movie they'll have the really good sleight of hand that you wanted so good. badly good because i was about to bring up i feel like guy Ritchie, like, i feel like that was the start of the fall of guy Ritchie. because has he before man from uncle what was before what was his big movie before that? Um, well, he had done the two Sherlock films. Which were pretty successful. Yeah. Um, with with being stylistic. Yeah. Where was Rock and Rolla? That might have been before. Um, I think before. Yeah. And then, I don't remember. I feel like after Sherlock was Man from Uncle and then Yeah, Rock King and Rolla 2008, Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes 2, Man from Uncle 2015, yeah, which didn't do well. King Arthur Ugh. very clearly did not do well. Yeah. And and then Aladdin is doing fine. What do you mean fine? It's doing so well. Is it? That makes I, me upset. I just saw an article that it has surpassed the box office gross of Independence Day to now be Will Smith's highest grossing film to date. <sighs> which, are we surprised? Like, it is no. Will Smith starring in a live-action Disney reboot. Great. Like, remake. Of course, it's going to do crazy crazy bonkers money that movie's good cameron it's not good Chris. yes it is it's not literally your two critiques were both well one of them was wrong and the other one no one else no agrees with. my my critique wasn't wrong it was my reasoning for the critique was wrong the critique is still there no i think she ja- still doesn't do anything jasmine is still a pointless character in that movie that has two ballads two full ballads <laughs> part one and part two uh all about doing stuff where she doesn't do anything. I mean, she does more. Prove than me she, wrong. She Chris. does more than she does in the animated movie. Yes, that movie was twenty years ago. Yeah, 25, 28 years ago, twenty-seven years ago. <laughs> I'm gonna let you keep working through the math on it's that. Nineteen ninety-two. Okay, the year older than me. <laughs> twenty-seven years old. Yeah, I expect her to do something more 
in an age where we have very powerful, very wonderful women protagonists. She becomes the sultan. Yeah. She just doesn't do anything as sultan. Because the movie ends when she becomes the sultan. The movie's about her. No, then they get married. Oh, for God. I mean, okay, I have acknowledged I have a problem with that, like, all the main characters have to have, like, a hetero romance in it. I have expressed that concern. Yeah. But the movie's boring, Chris. The cinematography's it's boring. Not boring. They, it's di- fun. If you follow the 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 Disney animation Instagram for the past month or two, they've been doing like shot for shot comparisons of like, look how close we look how closely we made this to the original. And it re- it really just proves my point of how boring the shots are. Cause they will show the shot from the movie, or the shot from the animated one. We'll do whole new world. Of you know all the beautiful scenes, and then they'll show the the new one, and all the colors are dulled, all the all the action is just like centered on the comp. There's no movement, there's no fun. It's just a bo- I mean, it's a beautiful song, but all it, you even said you prefer the live action version of A Whole New World. I did not say that. You did that. not say that? I no. Can't, I can't keep my conversation. I for sure did not say that. I can never keep my conversation straight because <laughs> I talk to so many people at the exact same shit all the I time. I know for certain I did not ever say that. Okay. Well, you know what? I would get fired over those words, Chris. <laughs> this is not an Aladdin podcast. This is a Zeta podcast. I'm, I'm going to make it. You've already gotten me heated up. Zeta's about to get ripped apart now. I mean, I didn't think these were that bad this week but i also was really only half paying attention really you didn't think the complete utter destruction of the character of batman was a good episode i was just so pleasantly surprised you enjoyed it way more than wolf friedel did because there were moments and i'm like is that a voice double because it doesn't sound like him he wasn't trying bless his heart it sounded like he had like the flu doing this episode i was just so surprised and happy to see batman in the episode I was surprised. I was not happy. I, I was happy. I was like, all right, we at least have Batman coming in here. Okay, but, but before we get to Batman, we have uh, Hicksburg. Hicksburg. I thought it was called Hillsburg. Yeah. Chris, oh, God. thought it was called Hillsburg. You want to finish that quote for me? I don't remember the rest of the quote. Good, because it's a bad episode. <laughs> I mean, I used to spend a lot of my time in a town called Healdsburg, which is very close to Hillsburg. Did you call it Hicksburg? Absolutely not. I love Healdsburg. It's a charming little town. Okay. Yeah. There's so much wine. I love it. Um, but no, the, so this time we're trying to track down information on... Oh, hold on. Yeah, let's, let's add in this whole new plot point on it's, a show that has so many things going on already. Is it really a new plot point, though? Yes. They have never once mentioned that Roe is hunting her parents. Well, but she keeps mentioning her family. We talked about this. She keeps mentioning yes. her family in this like, very passive-aggressive way. Her was- mentioning her parents has nothing to do with the fact that she expects us to know that we're now looking for them. Well, now we're looking for them. Great. It, it was Zeta probably going like, hey, I think you keep talking about your family. Should we go find your family? And just hey, maybe they could have put that in an episode so we weren't just shoehorned into they, this whole they new didn't subplot. They did have time. They had to fit in too many You're scenes. You're right. I'm sorry. They didn't have nearly enough time in this show Zeta steering a log plank yeah with the tree trunk we'll get to it but so roe is trying to for the entire third act the entire third act roe is trying to track down information on her family so they decide they're going to hicksburg which was the the first foster home that she went to mm-hmm. um which basically looks a lot like tahoe yeah i guess so yeah like i mean it's most it's most like southern small towns yeah, that's kind of the weird thing for me too. Is like a southern small town, but it's 
clearly set in the Northwest because they say we're heading to Oregon. the West Coast. Well, they also say it's in Oregon. Oh, okay. They just say it's in Oregon? Yeah. Uh... Because um, West was, West had be like, oh. yeah, I'm the one that knew it was from Oregon. Cause, oh, yeah, because he was watching Entertainment Tonight, whatever the yeah. fuck it was. But so they go, they go talk to Ro's first family because they may have information on her actual family. So, and she doesn't want to go, really, because she really hated her stepsister, who... Who's the nicest person we've met well, in this entire series. But it's well established that Rose quite a bit of a brat. Yes. Like, she teeters on the edge of likable in pretty much every single episode. Yeah. Um, I was just amused by the fact that her sister, her ex-foster sister, is dating a guy named Walt Merkin. Mm-hmm. Now, Cameron... Yes, it's Walt Murdoch Jr. No, do, no. <laughs> do you know what a Merkin is? No. It's not spelled the same way, but a Merkin is basically the equivalent of a pubic wig. Okay. So, like, if there is nudity happening in a film, oh, oftentimes I, yeah. the actors will wear a Merkin to disguise I did actual yes, yeah. nudity. They named a character mm-hmm. in a kid's cartoon yeah. after pubic wigs. Well, he is a dick. He very much is. He really is, because so the the extra layer after they already knew he's a good person. One, he tries to kill Zeta, yes, uh, and then he tries to turn him in immediately. So because the the robot kissed his girlfriend. Well, yeah, because the extra layer of absurdity in this whole thing is that Rose really wants to impress this family, so she has. Zeta use his infinite credit card to buy a whole bunch of expensive stuff. Also, tangent on this. So I just recorded a podcast with Sam Gash. I'm mm-hmm. going to be on one of his upcoming episodes of I Do a Remake talking James Bond. My God, it was such a fun fucking conversation. I think he has to do a lot of editing because it was very long. I'm sorry, Sam. But he was talking about Zeta. He actually remembered watching Zeta as a kid. He's probably one of our few listeners that has actually seen the show. I'm so sorry, Sam. Um, and he was saying that even as a kid, he recognized that that infinite credit card that Zeta has would break the world. Yeah. Because it is basically just generating artificial currency because clearly it's not being withdrawn from an account. Otherwise the NSA would have shut it down years ago. So every time he uses it, he's just flooding the economy with fake currency. And presumably there are tons of these robots out there. We know there are, because we at least have IU seven. So there's a whole bunch of robots out there that are constantly flooding the economy with fake money, which means that eventually the whole economy of this future is going to collapse. Yes. So that was a very wise assessment on his part. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I know. I'm glad he found the one plot the hole one. of this show. <laughs> but so in an effort to... So hold on. We, we make a lot of points about... You, sorry, not we. You make a lot of points about the show asking, is this okay for kids? Clearly it's not. If a child can see the problem with the currency. I mean, for many reasons, this episode in particular is not good for kids. Um, because what Zeta decides to do in an effort to help Ro impress her family is that he takes on the visage of a very famous movie star, mm-hmm. Adam Heat, who seemingly seems to play characters with the same name in the movies. Yeah. Because the opening sequence is Adam Heat in a movie fighting this giant robot and Both of which are way more interesting than any Zeta character we've met so far. This is absolutely true. And as I was watching that, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they're going to do something interesting here and have a commentary about 
like humans' obsessions with robots as villains. Like this idea that robots are automatically assumed to be villains. Like the, the Futurama did? Like the Futurama episode already did? Did they do that? Yeah, where they go to Robot World for the first time where robots think humans oh, are the monsters. that's right. Yeah. See, I was hoping they would do at least acknowledge that idea because, you know... No, Simpsons already did it. Well, yeah, I mean, Simpsons have done everything at this point. I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. They had the uh, the Westworld parody episode, mm-hmm. Itchy, Itchy and Scratchy Land. Yeah. Where you can buy Itchy and Scratchy dollars that can't be won't be accepted anywhere in the park. <laughs> so fitting. But... I thought at least they were going to dive down that path a little bit and be like, oh, everyone just assumes that robots are the villains all the time. That's why they're featured in your movies as villains. And, or even after they watch that trailer because there's a little like hover promotion bot floating around antagonizing them. And then Roe dumps a soda. Which I definitely see being like an, an actual futuristic thing. Oh, that's totally going to happen. That's yeah. absolutely going to be a realistic thing in the future. Probably in less than 20 years. But she dumps a soda on the robot, which destroys it. Which one doesn't make sense. Because shouldn't that thing be able to survive no. outside? But anyway, she kills this robot. And Zay doesn't say anything about it. You think you'd be like, oh, like that's a robot. Like As you know, robots you know, are a form of life in their own right. And you just destroyed it. No commentary on that whatsoever just going right along there you're you're already too smart for this show well that's odd thank you yeah <laughs> that might be the the nice the thing lowest I said. possible bar <laughs> in terms of a compliment but i'll take it nonetheless yeah but i was hoping at least something clever like that would happen but no he just decides to take on this appearance of adam heat and then agent west discovers well clue that's got to be zeta because the actual adam heat is in uh somewhere in europe yeah bali or something that's not in europe yeah i forget where it was i don't know somewhere in the mediterranean on a press tour so they they head off to hicksburg to go track them down and yeah you're right at one point zeta as adam heat just plants a big old like dip kiss on the former stepsister Mm -hmm. that just seems wrong doesn't it yeah on a lot of levels on so many levels like even in polite society if an actor just did that that would not be good. Who was the uh, the former uh, Family Feud host that would do that? Oh, who'd kiss all the contestants uh, on the lips? What's what's that guy's name? Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I cannot remember his name. Um, okay, you rant for a bit. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, oh man, where can I even start with this rant? Uh, so we learn that the former foster father uh, is now the sheriff of the town who is maybe the worst dad we've seen in in the DCAU so far? No. He's pretty bad. Well, I mean, there was He's that... kind of a dick. There was that guy who... He be- fat shames his daughter immediately. Oh, well, that's true. He does do that. They're, they're, at, they're at the dinner table, uh, and Zeta's not eating because he's a robot. And the dad's like, oh, why aren't you eating? And Roe jumps in and like, oh, you know, to be an actor, to be in Hollywood, you have to be on the Hollywood diet. And the dad turns to his daughter. He's like, oh, see, if you want to be an actress, you can't eat this shit anymore. I'm like, Jesus, dad, calm the fuck. Oh, my God. It, he, anytime he popped up on screen, it made me very angry. Uh, Richard Dawson. Is yes. Who you were thinking of. And it's who, who I'm thinking of. Yeah, family feud host who would always, yeah, like kiss the female contestants on the lips. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a time. Um, okay, yeah, so he's a pretty bad dad. Yeah, he has, a, he has a minute of, of like, seeing the light. At the very end. Well, no, in the middle. So this is the thing about the show, is no one ever learns anything. 
Uh, no, that's not true. We, you even said last week the Ro learned that she could take away that remote control You're from right. Bucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I take of the, it back. Of the eight episodes we've watched, one character has learned one minor lesson. Yeah, because the dad went from not caring about his daughter to the middle of it being like, oh, I cared for you back in the day, and I still want the best for you. So, like, nothing caused that that was just how he was like yeah. okay good he, yes. he's he's all right he's a decent guy maybe to then immediately going oh ro you fucked up i'm gonna cover up your mess again because you're the worst daughter of my life yeah like holy it, it wasn't five minutes between the two scenes no uh to then ending on you know what ro you're not that bad you're okay you're fine yeah now what, get out of my city because when agent bennett shows up uh the sheriff, the dad, lies and says that Zeta and Ro like ran off and actually they're hiding behind that massive log tray. Yeah. Thing. Look, it's I'm not gonna say this was maybe the worst episode we've had yet. I just didn't care. I wasn't really paying close attention. I mean, where we've seen what? This is seven eight? This is seven and eight, yeah. It, bottom five. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard to do. <laughs> Honestly, I think making a bottom five is gonna be a lot harder than making a top five. Actually, yeah, that's that's maybe that'll be a real challenge at the end of it is to find the five worst episodes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because overall the plot's super dumb. It's like the the agents show up there. Um, oh, I haven't even gotten to their acting scene yet. Yeah, so the the daughter wants to be an actor, so she she's not gonna. No, she's I can not, tell you that she's not particularly good. She asks Zeta, still disguised as Adam Heat, to read a scene with her to get the director of attention for like the local community theater because she's auditioning for Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're doing the scene, but then good old pubic wig Merkin mm-hmm. is, that's a redundant statement. It is. Walt pubic wig. Walt pubic wig. Uh, God he, he's in charge of tech. I, I can't get over how fucking done that is. He's, he's in charge of set decoration the, the which hollow, is now just yeah it's a hollow projector now. yeah so she's standing on a ladder i'm gonna i'm gonna projector. find one more small hole in this small hole a small hole it's a hollow projector only one hollow projector uh you can't have both a foreground and background hologram from a single hologram projector no because she's she's interacting with it but i mean we've well established that the hologram no, this, technology this is where i draw the line chris holograms you can't have a single point of projection for two levels of hologram. They have thrown me out of this world. I can't, I can't connect anymore. See, for me, the line last week was the inconsistency of whether Zeta's holograms are hard light constructs or yes. not. This is the hill we're going to die this, on. Yes, is their use of, their misunderstanding of how holograms work. But so the, the kid like breaks the hollow projector, which then somehow short circuits Zeta's hollow it projector. It takes so little to short circuit him. He's so flawed. He's really bad at this. Like we've established this. He's just a terrible infiltration robot mm-hmm. in every imaginable way. Oh, but the next way. episode shows us how much worse IU-7 is as an, as an infiltration robot. I'm going to disagree, but we'll get to that when we get to oh. that. We'll, oh, we'll, I'm <laughs> pulling out the boxing gloves. We'll get to that. So... What else? Oh, so then they realize it's Zeta. He goes on the run. The the boyfriend and the Mer- dad yeah, chase after Merkin him. Merkin chase after him. And, a- and Merkin pulls out a fucking chainsaw. Yeah, laser chainsaw and accidentally cuts loose a a stack of logs on a, a I guess a w- hover like a platform. hover platform, which then goes careening down the mountain. So then Zeta jumps onto it and then 
takes one of the, the tree trunks and basically uses it to steer. I will actually say, I think that is a clever idea for an action set piece. I'm not going to say it's necessarily perfectly well executed, probably because the animation here is kind of sloppy, but that's at least an original idea. Yes, I will give it that. So let's give it one little... I'm not giving it a gold star. Little, oh, I, I wasn't even getting That's like a, a, that. a, a one of five points of a gold star. <laughs> They get one corner of a gold star. They just get a little triangle. Yes. Yeah. It, it gets like a, a, a little nod. A little we'll see if by the end of this season, if they've made a full star no. yet. It's, it's not even like a golf clap. It's just a little nod of the head. Like, it's okay. A, it's a, hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Okay. I see, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. All right. I'll give you some credit. Um, yeah. And then the cop lies and they get away. Um, okay. But there, there are a couple things. That I want to talk Please about. Try so, and so, save this some episode. Little, for oh me. no, these are these are things I'm being critical of. Some little okay. things I thought was very interesting. Uh, one, so the the sister is kissed by she believes Adam Heat, and passes out to the point where Merkin has to go off on his hover bike to go to the pharmacy to get smelling salts mm-hmm. to wake her back up. Like she is knocked out to the equivalent of getting KO'd in a boxing match. Yes. By this kiss. Okay. So many things wrong with that. Because he's still a hologram. Because he's still a hologram. <laughs> and she's literally kissing metal. Yes. Maybe he accidentally suffocated her. He doesn't know how kissing works. Oh, and so that's maybe true. he he's thought like, like sucked the air out of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Zeta's favorite part about kissing people is that he can smell their hair? No. Well, because that's where his olfactory sensors are, like on the top of his no, head. No, I know. It's I like know maybe, what you're trying maybe, to go with Maybe this. that's what he loves about that. It's like, he, he just like, he really loves anyone who has great shampoo. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just has like this fucking fantastic shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. Maybe it's got like a nice coconut smell to it and he just like got absorbed by it and just like. Maybe it short-circuited him. Kissed, yeah. It, exactly. Everything else does. <laughs> everything else does it. Um, oh, also when the townsfolk realize that Adam Heat's there, they basically form an angry mob demanding that he come and talk to them. Yes. I will say this. That is probably not unreasonable from where our future is going. Well, where we've also been. I feel like this episode is not is is very much of like the 60s. It's, oh, kind of like very the Beatles much, mania sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's very much in line uh, with like Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. Where it's a small town is visited by kind of their number one actor of mm. the time. I mean, it's it's like if Tom Cruise went, it's, it's like... Peak Tom Cruise. Yeah. Peak Brad Pitt. Okay. Went to middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Which one's yeah. Bye Bye Birdie? How dare you? What? Bye Bye Birdie is the 1960s musical where their version of Elvis uh, is leaving for military. Because uh, uh, he's drafted. And okay. so he, he's going to meet his number one fan. And the whole town kind of freaks out as he's walking through the town. Oh, it's kind of like when a date with Tad Hamilton. Excuse me? <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Uh, very, very vaguely. Because that came out right after um, uh, JCVD. No, what, what that is. No, hold on. There's a movie about John Tucker Must Die. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought it was the same story. Oh, no, because uh, John Tucker Must Die is Jesse Metcalf. Is great. Very, very sexy Jesse Metcalf. Great, great movie. Um, no, this is the one with Josh Duhamel, Kate Bosworth, and Topher Grace. I've not seen it. I've actually never seen it either. I just know it exists. Okay. <laughs> Topher Grace plays the Elvis character? No, Tad Hamilton plays like 
the superstar who has a contest, like, oh, you can win a date with him. And then Kate Bosworth, who's like a waitress in some small town, wins the date. And Topher Grace plays the guy who she works with who's clearly in love with her. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's like a Bye Bye Birdie sort of situation. Yeah, sure. Or a Adam Heat goes to Hicksburg situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, here's another thing that I thought was very interesting. The sheriff has wanted posters in his house, mm-hmm. one of which includes Zeta. Yep. So that means... Both forms of Zeta. Exactly, both forms. So the public is aware of the existence of NSA holographic infiltration robots. I, they, I doubt they would. I mean, this society's so dumb. Probably, Wes probably like, leaked it. They're not secrets. Like, those are distributed wanted posters. Mm-hmm. Meaning. Maybe they don't say infiltration. Maybe no, they, they definitely he, do. Because, like, the guy's like, it's the robot. He's a killer. Like, they, the, the sheriff knows exactly what Zeta is. Yeah. So I, th- I think they probably told the world that he can only turn into that form. So it's e- you only either Who's see. going to buy that? Well, actually, everyone's. This dumb, entire but. world will buy it. <laughs> Uh, okay that is absolutely true yeah i think uh they probably told the press like oh we have this mercenary robot who has a human and robot form yeah out to murder everyone he's gonna kill y'all yeah um also there was a fun joke that i saw on the internet the other day that was um assassins are just serial killers that take on clients <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. They're freelance serial killers. Yeah. Um, Still uh, do it for the exposure, too. Do you, have, do you have any other thoughts on this? Oh, boy. <clears throat> Let me see. Um, fat shaming his daughter. Let's not undermine that, because that was a big fucking thing for me. Yeah. Uh, hollow sets are dumb. Dad blames Roe. Dad hates Roe. No one really learns a lesson. The sister, I just feel bad for the sister. Yeah. Because she's like the only good, she might be the first good person we've met in this series. I was about to say that dog, but he just like jumped away from Ro to left her to die. Yeah. So mm, I think she yeah. is the first good person we've met. It took seven episodes for us to meet a neutral person. Fair. Yeah. That says a lot. About the show. I mean, this... And about the society of this world. You know, it's probably not far off from where we're going to be. we forgot the the biggest point is uh, to continue this new plot thread is uh, Ro gets a photo of her brother. Yes. Who looks like the most generic avatar of any Sims game. Yes, actually, very much so. He kind of looks like Agent West a little bit. I mean, it's not. It's clearly not. But but also, hang on. She's Wally's granddaughter. Hang on. You're right. Everyone in the show looks like a generic avatar from well, The Sims well, game. that. But I was going to say, shows introduce subplots all the time. But this doesn't seem like a subplot. This seems like a major story arc that is not even introduced. Like, they're like three episodes in from writing, from what it feels like. Yeah, but like, there will probably be like maybe a quarter of the episodes will actually be about this. If that, I don't know. I just think it would be nice if someone in an, in any episode, maybe like a commercial, maybe brought this up. If someone at some point was like, hey, Ro, let's go find your parents because you have a lot of deep set issues. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah she really she's does. like, hmm, OK, maybe next week we can go hunt for my parents instead of your creator. 
That sounds like a good thing to me, Ro. I'm Zeta. You know, it's like date night. They each get to pick what they want to do. Yeah. Whose tragic backstory are we going to dive into this week? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's all I got to say. <sighs> okay. Let's get into the other one. All right, so move it on to shadows here. In the shadow. <laughs> shadows. <laughs> How has no one made that parody yet? <laughs> it's like a... St- I'll probably... Yeah. It starts off with a VR duck Sorry, hunt I, I was, monkey I, game. I was trying. It was just like, I was so thrown by that. For so, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that. I was like, do I do I start busting out in a really terrible rendition of Shadows? No, you said you're not going to sing this, this I, week. I did. I promise I wouldn't sing. So it starts off. Do you think? Yes. I really hope. This show ends with Zeta and Ro parting ways, and Zeta's about ready to drive off and hover car, and he rolls down the window. He's like, hey, just wanted to get another look at you. Just wanted to get another look at you. <laughs> no, they're going to do a, um, they're going to, they're both going to be in separate cars, uh, and Zeta rolls down his window, and Ro rolls down, rolls down her window, but it's not Ro. It's like a really ugly CG version of Ro pasted on another character's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they start driving, they start racing, uh, but then Ro takes a left, uh, and a very, and Zeta, yeah. And Zeta takes a right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when it jumps back to Zeta, he's super bulky and bald. Uh, and then that clip becomes the and, most watched song on yeah, YouTube Charlie ever. Yeah, Charlie starts playing over it. God damn it. I think that's how all movies should end now. It's been a long day. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, my, I was going to save this for the end, but I'll, I'll bring this up here. Yeah. Uh, my friend Dylan brought up a very good point that uh, Toy Story 4 is the exact same story as uh, Fast 8 or Fast 7. Uh, oh, yeah there's, yeah, there's definitely something there a little mm-hmm. bit. Especially yeah. the ending. It's the yeah. exact same. I, you could put the same song at the end of Toy Story 4 and, and it would it, fit. And it would work? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're so not, perfectly. You're not entirely wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so so this this show opens up with a VR monkey version of Duck Hunt. I'd play that game. I'd I'd play that game for sure. Yeah, but let's. Here's what is fascinating: is this is a cold open of a game that okay makes no sense. They call back to this game in the they end of the do. episode. They absolutely do. This isn't a oh what it's not schrodinger what's the the other theory Chekhov's. check yeah this isn't a Chekhov's video game it's Chekhov's banana it is Chekhov's, Chekhov's banana, banana apparently gun. yeah oh god so yeah they're, they're playing this game and rose like come on zeta you gotta learn how to have fun yeah uh and they are they're waiting to oh, get on a plane i want to compare when this episode came out teaching us about fun to the spongebob episode that taught us about fun i'm sure it's much much better F is for friends that do stuff together, Chris. Aww. U is for you and me. Aww. N is for anything and any time at all Aww. down here in the deep blue sea. Aww. But we're not friends. We've established this. We don't right. do anything together outside this podcast. Well, he does it with, with uh, Plankton, and him and Plankton are definitely not friends. Oh, no. They're what frenemies. So wait, so they're... Ro and Zeta are waiting to board a plane like later that day to go find Zelig. Oh, hang on. Uh, this yeah. one came up first. Oh, sorry, uh, SpongeBob came up first. SpongeBob did a better friends epi- fun episode a year before this episode came out. Are we surprised? No, no. This is prime SpongeBob too. So, 
they're waiting to go track down Zelig, and they're like trying to go on off and have some fun. Um, and then IU7, who we met, of course, in last week's podcast, apparently shipped himself yeah. to an airport that has a train terminal, I think, mm-hmm. where Zeta happened to be. Yeah, so we know... So this is just blind dumb luck. Yes. Because we know for sure that this robot has no tracking device. It has no means of finding people other than interrogation. But here's what I will say about this. So so IU7 shows up to try and track down Zeta. His methodology this time is actually really solid. So first he takes on the appearance of someone working on the tarmac at the airport. Then he takes on the appearance of someone who works at uh, one of the, the computers. He goes to the computer. Customer service. Customer service, thank you. Goes to the computer. He tracks down Zeta because Zeta continues to travel using his known visual alias. Yep. That aside. Which is now wanted. Which is wanted. So IU7 figures out what flight they're going to be on, right? So then he goes to like the food court where they all are. He sees Ro, impersonates Zeta to basically get her to a place where then he can impersonate her, but he gets caught beforehand. That is actually a really good string of infiltration. Now, here's why I think he's a bad infiltration robot. Uh, When he was working the customer service desk, uh, people come up and expect him to do the job of a customer service rep, and he does not. He never changes his voice to match anyone else. Uh, He smashes everything, anything and everything he can get his hands on. But, okay, imagine if he actually started doing the job of the customer service person. That's mm-hmm. at a busy airport. He would never actually leave. He no. would just get stuck. There was no one else in line. But as we saw from last week's episode, blank, and all of a sudden there'll be 30 people waiting to get in line. And they're all mad about something. Yes. And they all have cuckoo clocks. So he knows how to, yeah, you're right. He was at the cuckoo clock con. Yeah. Cuckoo con. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, I mean, they have to know how to, uh, socially get out of situations, right? Cause that's the job of infiltration is getting in and out. It's not but just we've, in. We've seen they have no concept of social cues. Zeta doesn't, but this is the next model. This is supposed to be the more advanced version. And I think so far he's done the best infiltration of any of the times. I don't agree. What other time has either Zeta or IU7 been better at infiltrating? When Zeta went into the the shack, the the uh, weapons dealer's shack, just taking the imp- just taking the identity of his daughter. He does the daughter. He does some other guy, but then he leaves the body of the knockout security guard like lying in the middle of the field, and he gets spotted immediately. So he he made it through two. Appearance changes and he got caught. IU7. But he had social like, interactions as those two people and no one suspected him. Whereas as IU7, no one's hunting him. No one knows he exists. He's just ruining people's lives. Like that customer service rep probably got fired because of him. Yeah. Uh, Do you think he cares about collateral damage? He's an assassin bot. Yeah, but he's still supposed to be secretive and undercover. Yeah, but he's his, a government agent. His programming got fucked up in the last episode, remember? We're not going to bring that up right now. <laughs> what if this is the thing that ruins the podcast? Like, this is this the, is, this, this is, this this is the, the argument. I told you before, this is the thing that's going to ruin this podcast. This is podcast. the argument that's going to kill, kill the podcast. It's you and I will <laughs> refuse to back down for which one's a worse infiltration robot. 
It's not even a question. It's IU7. IU7 is so bad at his job mm. because he turns his arm into a gun immediate, any chance he can. Well, they're both bad because they cause so much collateral damage. They cannot aim. Yes, but Zeta doesn't use weapons anymore. So the, the collateral damage is him getting out of, of the way. Damage. Because he doesn't want to get hit. <sighs> because he's a pacifist. We've talked about this. The worst main character is a pacifist. <laughs> you can't have a children's action show starring a pacifist. A pacifist murder bot? Yes. It's not really a good idea. Um, because then Batman shows up and immediately all this good. I don't know if this episode probably came out before the Batman beyond episode. I think so. Okay. We'll say it does. Uh, so we only have one interaction between, um, Terry and, um, Zeta. Zeta. And it ends with them being pretty good together. Yeah. yeah. And then when we see them the next time, they're still good together. Yeah. So what happened in this episode where just immediately Terry's like, oh, uh, yeah, he's an asshole. I messed up. It's because humans don't trust robots. You're right. They inherently assume the robots are going to kill them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. But even Bruce, when he was Batman, uh, still gave most of his villains... Um, What's the, the the benefit of the doubt? The benefit of the doubt, yes. Pretty much everyone except Poison Ivy. Well, but every time Bruce did that, though, as soon as it seemed to go awry, he immediately doubted them. Right? That happened with Harley mm-hmm. in um, Harley's Holiday. Yeah. So he he will. So get- Terry sees two photos. He sees one where it's Zeta in disguise with an arm cannon, even though he knows Zeta got rid of all of his weapons. But he has so many built-in weapons. And, so. then, and then the second photo is Zeta holding up a pillar, saving Roe. Oh, no, that was just a random kid. Okay, so he's holding up a pillar, saving a random civilian. Yeah, but maybe Terry looked at that and said, you know what, I think he's holding that pillar, and then he's going to jump out from underneath it and let it fall on that child. Right, yeah. He's, he's building up the anticipation. He's waiting for the mother to come by. He's torturing He's the like, kid. hey, ma, look at this kid. Yeah. And then he drops on, the pillar Come get him. your kid. It's fine. Come get your kid. Yeah. Boom. Done. Or he's, or he's upset because there's only one kid, so he's waiting for more kids to, to come under. Yeah. So we can get that combo bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Combo. Yeah. But like, weren't you at least pleasantly surprised when Batman was in there? Pleasant? No. Surprised? Yes. I mean, but I was like, you know, we cut to a whole bunch of bats. I'm like, is this like an homage to Batman? I'm like, oh, fuck, we're in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Batman's here now. Great. He's going to make it better. I mean. And he didn't. You, you he had made a, it much worse. You had a good point before we started recording that Will Friedel was I honestly, very much phoning this I in. paused this episode and looked up the voice cast because I, I refused to believe this was Will Friedel. Yeah. Uh, and it was, surprisingly. Yeah, he was not having it. He was not into it. No. Well, so, but then after Batman decides to hunt him down, we're introduced along with Chekhov's banana gun to Chekhov's MRI machine. Yes. Which is like, oh, no, it's the future. It's a super MRI a machine. Super now. MRI machine. It's like the size of a large lab, mm-hmm. like a ballroom, basically. Well, it, it's the, um, it's a, like a, what, what's the word when you, when you have like an audience watching a surgery? Like an operating theater? Yeah. An, it, it's that. An operating theater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's yeah. that exact thing. <clears throat> Yeah, so we know that then that's going to be used at some point to destroy something. 
Um, we it, don't really know. We assume. We assume. If this was good writing, we would expect it to. There, but that, this is not good writing. There have been times... So I'd when, be more surprised if it did show up again. Yeah, there have been times they've introduced stuff and then not done anything with it, but... Or didn't introduce stuff and just expected us and, to know what it was. <laughs> Much like the plot point of Ro and her parents. Exactly. So, we know that IU-7 is trying to hunt them down. He chased them down to the hospital where Ro's recovering, and now Zeta is questioning whether... Ro should stick with him because just being around him is dangerous because there is so much collateral damage in his wake. And ultimately, like a fight ensues. Batman thinks that Zayda's a bad guy. Zayda proves him wrong. They team up to try and take out IU-7. They end up inside the MRI machine, and then Zayda turns it on. He's going to sacrifice both of them. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's just like, neither God, of them. God, I wish he did it. I kind of did, God, too. God, I wish he just blew himself up I know, and but Batman then, had but to then Batman had to go and save him. Like, God damn it. We could have been done, Chris. Again. We could have been done with the show if Batman hadn't saved him. <laughs> I know, Batman ruining things for us. There's an interesting idea there of Zeta being aware of the collateral damage and the danger. And it just, it's like they kind of acknowledge it, but then they don't play it out enough to make it seem like an actual arc. Yeah, because he is a less interesting Spock. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's it. This show is is... We have a less interesting Spock, kind of without his his Shatner. Do you do you think that Zeta goes through Ponfar? No. Do you do you know what Ponfar is? That's the 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 fuck fest. Yes. Yeah. Every seven years, Vulcans get like mad horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think. Maybe like a murder fest. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah maybe every seven years, his programming resets. And Zeta's probably not even seven years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't know yet. He doesn't know what's coming. Give it time. Yeah, hell yeah. Give it time. Uh, there, there was like a little moment I liked, though. Did you catch that the one of the employees somewhere was reading a Tiny Toon Adventures comic? I did not. Yeah. Okay, I'll that's give them that. That's a fun little thing, right? Mm-hmm. See, they little, little nuts. Look at that. Look at that. Well, you're trying so, you are trying so hard to find just any sliver of hope in this show. I think I, I made a grave error at the beginning of this episode by getting you ramped up on a different tangent. Cause now you're like, now like the fire is burning and you need a target for it. I think next time I need to like mention the last airbender or something. And just, Ooh, and no, it's going to be so it, much more. Just... you on cloud nine. So then you no, not the last airbender. Cause that's the movie, but I didn't avatar. I, the last I, airbender is the show. I know. I know, but I didn't want to say avatar again because you have, you love both avatars. Yes. So either of them would be fine. Oh my god! I don't. Understand. But not the last Airbender. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. How do you not understand me? The movie is like worldly accepted as one of the worst movie adaptations of all time. Oh what Avatar? No, the last Airbender. <laughs> no, I don't understand your love of the movie Avatar. It's it, the love is faded. It was. <laughs> what? I, don't cut, continue. Continue. I still care for the movie. It's a, it's like an ex. I don't love her anymore. God damn it. Um, but I still want the best for her. Okay. We still have great memories together. I mean, but you would rather see Endgame take top box office spot. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like someone must have already created the, uh, the distracted boyfriend meme with Avatar and... Endgame, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, all right. I mean, this was a dumb episode. Oh, no. We were, we're diving into this shithole. 
because you've skipped over a lot of important things. God damn it. Uh, Zeta has kind of his emotional crisis of like, oh, Ro, you're so tough. I forgot that you're also not an emotionless artificial robot that can't heal itself. Hey, there's nothing wrong with not having emotions, okay? You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't bring emotions into this. Look at you, me. You're making me have emotions, Cameron. Yes. IU-7 breaks into a hospital, and Batman does really nothing to stop the collateral damage. They're blowing up a hospital in this episode. Uh, and both protagonists are just like, yeah, we'll stand here while he shoots his missiles off. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I wrote three times, this is not Will Friedel. <laughs> uh, Batman just shows up and starts beating the shit out of Zeta. No compassion for friends. Again, he's a uh, murderbot. <laughs> Whoa, there's another infiltration unit? Well, this really... <laughs> Uh, I said, Will is really fa uh, phoning in this recording. Let's blow up a hospital. Uh, call back to the banana game. Oh, yeah, because uh, Zeta grabs a couple of bananas and launches them to cover IU-7's face. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is, this is the ending. Uh, Batman's like, at the end of the episode, they're out of the hospital because it's basically blown up at this point. Uh, and Ro and Zeta are out. And he's like, hey, you guys should start running. The cops are on their way soon. Ro just had a concussion. She's not healed. She needs a hospital still. Yeah. That means a bad friend. Yeah. Everyone in the show, there's something about just the aura of, of Zeta. Here's what I think. I think he has a secret power that no one knows about. Which makes everyone around him stupid? Yes. Mm. It has like a, a semi-mile radius, something mile radius. Okay. Everyone in his vicinity just immediately dumbs down. I mean, that would work to the advantage of an infiltration murder bot. Yes. No one asks questions. Although, mm -hmm. the disadvantage of that is it makes people unpredictable. Yes. And whenever he's interrogating... They might not know the answer anymore. Exactly. See, even then. Which is why he just murders them. He continues to be a terrible <laughs> infiltration robot. Yes. Sure. Oh, and then the, we had another end credit. Oh, the thing, egg timer? The egg timer. I'm done. Okay. I need a nap. I oh, know. You've checked yourself out? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I have uh, actually quite a little bit in terms of uh, notes from friends here. Nine more episodes. This week. I know. We're getting there. We're getting there. <sighs> Um, oh, so just uh, right up front, I want to mention that I went through and updated how the podcast is organized on iTunes. Uh, so now it is broken down by seasons, each season representing a, we'll call it an era. So season one is BTOS, season two is Superman the Animated Series, season three is Superman slash the new Batman Adventures. Mm -hmm. Season four is Batman Beyond, and now season five is Zeta. Um, yep. I wasn't sure what to do with bonus episodes. I just left them within the respective seasons they would have aired yeah. during. Just like most shows, uh, <clears throat> it really starts tanking after season four. Yeah, really, real hard. <laughs> Maybe it kind of hits its peak roughly around season three. Yep. But don't worry, it's going to swing back around again for season six, oh, seven, and eight. Just nine more episodes. We're almost there. Uh, but yeah, so that, that I reorganized that over this last week, so it's a new way of looking at it. Um, and then speaking of kind of the older episodes, uh, the guys over at DCAU Review have been doing Superman this month, and they had reached out to kind of the collective DCAU group on Twitter asking about which episode to watch, and they did Unity, and they hated it. Good. <clears throat> it was their lowest rated episode. Good. So far. Have uh, they watched any Zeta yet? 
Well, so that was the funny thing. That's why I'm bringing it up specifically. As I was listening to the episode, they were saying how much they hated this. They actually docked a point so that it would be the lowest episode yet, which that was hilarious. Uh, but they said that, you know, they had remembered Zeta being bad and watching Unity gave them hope, to which I must say, guys, don't have hope. No. It's, I would rather watch Unity... I would rather watch Unity every week, mm -hmm. I think, than continue to watch Zeta. Yes. Agreed. Um, but we're going to get through it. We're going to do it so that others don't have to. Yeah. That's what we're here for. We're noble. We're making a noble sacrifice here. <sighs> yeah. Uh, just like Zeta trying to kill himself. I'm tired of this utilitarian bullshit. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And then, um, so just uh, I got kind of a couple comments people were writing in. So uh, we had a comment on Facebook from David Paul Barclow III, who I will always say has the greatest name ever whenever he writes in. Uh, and he said he has a pitch for a villain in The Batman. Oh. Uh, throw in a slightly altered Phantasm and mix it with the Reaper from Year 2, the character upon which Phantasm is based. Um, make her another vigilante that goes too far. Uh, I would say just put in the Reaper, but year two was not such a good story. So, um, but I like that idea actually. I would love to see a character like Phantasm or even another original villain be in the Batman. I mean, how would you feel about doing an adaptation of Phantasm or even just doing an, a completely original character in there? There was a, uh, I'm trying to find this car. I, I had a conversation with a coworker recently where she was talking about um, someone to play Catwoman uh, in, in the Batman movie, and I realized that they'd be a much better uh, Andrea Beaumont. Mm -hmm. uh, Aubrey Plaza. There's a campaign oh, of Aubrey, Aubrey oh, Plaza yeah, playing yeah. Catwoman, she, um, which I don't think would be great. She was on... What's his bucket? Fallon, Kimmel, Colbert. I think it was Fallon. Fallon. No, it was Colbert. Colbert. She was on Colbert. Did she say she wanted to? There was like they did like a bit about it where she's mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I heard you like might want to play Catwoman," and like they put cat ears on her, and she like crawls across. I, I just can't being her. I, I can't see her being like the overly seductive character that is Catwoman, that is Selena Kyle. Yeah, I I don't see that working. To be honest, I don't think she'd be a great Andrea Beaumont either. I think she'd be better than Catwoman. Yeah, but I don't think either of those work for her. Mm -hmm. I think she's too snarky. Yeah. I think. I, I don't know. It's just um, the Catwoman has this sort of um, sultry side. I, I think yeah. what, what I love about um, Aubrey Plaza, but I think would work against her in those roles, is that she always has this air of like she's surrounded by idiots, but mm -hmm. in this very kind of dismissive way. Whereas Selena knows she's surrounded by idiots, but takes advantage, takes of it. advantage to it. Yeah. Whereas like Aubrey Plaza kind of has this like, I don't care. I'm walking away sort of thing. Selena would be manipulating people. Who do you think she could play in the, uh, I also threw out Huntress. I think it'd be interesting. Mm. I don't think I'd want it, but I think she could do pretty good as Huntress. I don't, I don't know if I can really think of anyone that... I, I mean, I'm being very limiting in terms of actability. I'm sure she could play any of these roles and play them really, really well. Yeah. I um, haven't... I mean, obviously, I don't do horror, but I'm curious how she does in... Um, Child's Play? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just Off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a role that I would really like to see her in. in a I, could, I could see um, Baby Doll is another one I thought of. Maybe, yeah. Like, I think... I think she would be good in 
like a funnier die sketch playing one of these characters, like playing a send up to one of these characters, I think would be good, but I can't see her playing the straight version of it. Yeah. Now, I mean, to be fair, she's really good in Legion, which I only she's watched. amazing in Legion. I only watched uh, the first season. Same. Um, but yeah, I just don't know. I don't know if I see it other places. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it, I would like to see maybe like a phantasm in there at some point. Oh I mean, yeah, absolutely. She, she's going mainstream comics. So we might see her in a movie down the line. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the one danger of that though, is you make it, you kind of set up it being almost like a pseudo remake of mask of the phantasm, which, which yeah. I think only would do them a disservice. Cause that is such a perfect film. I, th- I think if they did, it, it would have to be like a finale film too. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if it would be like the fourth of the patents in Batman's. Okay. Yeah. That might work. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but then, uh, some other things here. I, I somehow missed this for like almost an entire month. Uh, but we had a couple people comment on our MCU ranking. Oh, episode on Facebook with their rankings. And I like, I, I hate the way Facebook set up its notification system. Cause basically it doesn't send me notifications until I open up the page. Then it's like, here's a fuckload of notifications yeah. of what you've already checked. Yeah. All it says is if anyone has like a, a quote unquote business page on Facebook, it'll just say like your page has a notification. It yeah. won't say, it won't tell us what it is. And it doesn't even still send me those updates anymore. Yeah. Oh, I'll, but for, if it's for when I get them, it could be like we get an actual notification or it could be a Facebook ad notification of like, Hey, yeah. uh, you can give us $15 and we'll show your post to seven more people. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. I get more, posts about tim talk from facebook trying to convince me to pay for advertising than i do about the actual product itself yes anyways facebook sucks but um thanks for commenting guys yeah thanks for commenting uh yeah but so uh david paul barclow the third again commented his top five uh one winter soldier good two infinity war yep iron man avengers and then homecoming that's close to what i said i think that's, that's very close to ours yeah um and he says that he expects far from home might take that place um so it might it's be next week I know it's next week. Super yeah. excited about that. Heard great things already. Yeah, same. Uh, and then Dave Mattingly said his top five was Ragnarok, Iron Man 3, Guardians 1, Avengers 1, Infinity War. So also a good ranking. I think there are a few people out there that really, really love Iron Man 3. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, podcast hosts, Chris Hewitt from the Empire Podcast. He says that's his favorite Iron Man movie. I, I, was, a, I was a convert. I hated that movie before I rewatched it recently. Yeah. I, I, I was, was always like bottom five. Yeah. On my first list. I, I was always a defender of it until I watched it again a third time. And mm-hmm. we, we, we've talked about this at like kind of our thoughts on that movie. But no, those are, those are pretty solid lists. And I, I think you see with a lot of consistency across the board that there are just a handful of the MCU movies that are like the best. Yeah. Winter Soldier, the first Avengers movie. Um, Infinity War. Infinity War. Guardians. Ragnarok. Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually like a lot of those are up towards the top and then, you know, one or two real personal favorites thrown in there too. Yeah. But I mean, it just goes to show like the power of that franchise. It's like one, they have like legitimately amazing films and then very personal ones speak to people that take those high spots. And yeah, it's great. We're getting another one next week and I'm super I know. excited. Super excited and It's the it. first of the, the next phase too. No, so. still, no, it's the last. It's the last of phase three. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the epilogue of phase three in some yeah. ways. It's like the post-credit sting of the entire phase. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes Infinity sense War to have saga. a two-hour post-hour sting. I know, right? Uh, and then we do have some more messages from the lovely Ashley Clark. Hello, Ashley. Uh, so let's see. Um, she da-da-da-da. she did message me telling me to to read Long Halloween. Yes, she did. But mm-hmm. she also acknowledged that she's been getting guilty for years for uh, not having read Harry Potter. Yeah. 
So, and I understand that. And I said that, you know, you technically had not read it. Fuck off, Chris. I could go. I bet I know more about that franchise than you do now. But she did say, she did say, as long as they're unabridged, they can count. And she says, sorry, but I'm siding with Cameron on this one. I don't care how you consume your narrative. There was a, there was an interview that popped up on my Facebook feed this week with Stephen Fry talking about him uh, doing the recording for those. Because mm-hmm. uh, he said there was one, he, he first met J.K. Rowling when he was recording the first book. Yeah. Not, he didn't expect it to be this huge thing. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of, when he's telling the story, he's like, I don't remember myself being this, like, talk, what's the word? He, like, talks down to her. Okay, condescending. Yeah, yeah, condescending about it. But when she t- retells the story, I'm this monster talking to her. Yeah. Uh, and so in the second or third book, she writes a sentence um, that Stephen Fry just can't get out for mm-hmm. some reason. It, it's just, like, four words that always trip him up. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, I need a break. I can't figure this out. So he calls up JK in the middle of the recording. She's like, hey, do you mind if I just change this one sentence just because I can't get it out? Mm-hmm. She says, absolutely not. You have to read my book word for word. Yeah. And he says, that that woman, that spiteful woman, put that one sentence in every book after that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm like, good on you, JK. Uh, I think JK was just mad because Stephen Fry had decided to be gay without her deciding for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She wasn't ready for that information she, to come out yet. She had not yet decreed that statement via Owl and sent it to him. That right. he was allowed to be gay. Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, what happened to you, JK? I, I do have a theory about that, though. Okay. About, okay. about JK is when you live with these characters for so long, they're so personal to you that, like... You have these kind of conversations. She's she's had these characters in her life for thirty years at this point. Yeah. Uh, so like she knows everything, and she probably you know doesn't. For her, when you live with these characters for so long, it's not that you like make up new information about them. It's more you learn information about them. And so I think it's just as she's writing or as she's kind of continuing on with this life, she's learning more about her own characters, and she's like, oh. I did figure this out today as Dumbledore is coming out. And I know it's not the strongest argument. And I know but she is a little crazy now. Yeah, she just needs to let it go. Mm-hmm. She needs to let it go. And the thing I is, I don't think she ever could. No one else is. But she just like keeps. They literally just made a new app about Harry Potter. Well, but she just keeps digging herself in deeper, deeper holes. Yeah. And again, there's there's a lot of criticisms we thrown out there. Like, there's one of the criticism of this idea that like, oh yeah, like, you know, I totally wrote this character as gay, but it's never in the text anywhere. And then deciding after the fact that it was, mm-hmm. and then deciding after, after the fact that apparently she, like Dumbledore and Grindelwald had like a really intense sexual relationship. Like really, where's this coming from? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, she is one of those creatives that has just dug herself a deeper, deeper hole. Yeah. And she really should just kind of let it go. Well, here's my other... I also maintain that she is part of the reason why the Fantastic Beast films have been so terrible. Mm-hmm. I have I have another idea about JK where this is all everything that's coming out now is stuff that was on the cutting room floor. And now we're understanding that it was cut out for a reason. Yeah, that's probably a very good point, actually. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit more from Ashley here. Okay. Uh, okay. So she, we were talking about where do we cast Keanu Reeves? 
And she would like to see Keanu Reeves as a male version of Mercy Graves for whoever they replace uh, Lex Luthor with. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And she says, uh, as much as Keanu Reeves seems to be a genuine person. Would we ever get a, we get a Lexi Luthor? I mean, it's been done. Yeah. It's been, I actually, um, it was done in the um, Superman Earth One comics. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, there was a Lex and a, like a Lexi, Lexi, whatever. Well, in Smallville, he has a sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. who we also slept with at one point. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Do you not remember that part of no. Smallville? <laughs> where when they first introduced that character, like it's established that she has a sexual relationship with Lex, and then years down the line, it's like, oh, by the way, that's your sister. Great. Yeah. Is that why he lost his hair? Yeah, exactly. He freaked <laughs> the fuck out. Uh, but no, she was saying that as much as she loves Keanu Reeves, um, uh, she will always be a little bit bitter because apparently he doesn't think Shakespeare wrote the plays. I didn't know that about him. Well, there is that like prevailing uh, conspiracy theory that Shakespeare isn't a person, but a bunch of writers that use that use that as the same pen name. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he follows that theory. Yeah, either that or he really, really, truly believes in the Roland Emmerich film Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I mean, or we also know that he is immortal. That's so true. Maybe, maybe he was he William knows. Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah, he actually, he's, it's not a theory. He knows that it wasn't Shakespeare. He was there for it. Yeah. He was there for it all along. Ashley, have you ever thought of that? <laughs> it's, it's very possible, actually. Mm-hmm. Good old immortal Keanu Reeves. Um, but yeah, that's it what, for... What was the short, uh, the uh, Cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Oh, actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good video. Mm-hmm. Was it you that hadn't seen it or was it Shane that hadn't Shane seen hadn't it? Shane hadn't seen oh, it. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I'd seen it before. It's okay, good. fucking beautiful. Oh, right, yeah, your friend was... He, he, it's like he, a friend of a friend worked on it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's mosey along here. Cameron, what do you have to plug this week? Uh, can we walk? Can we talk uh, Toy Story real quick? Sure, let's talk Toy Story. So we'll note that this will be spoilers mm-hmm. for Toy Story 4. It, it, I don't know how you feel, but for me, it, it kind of breaks my heart to say this. I think Keanu was the weakest part of this movie. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think he was one of the few things that I actually really liked about it. I liked the character. I just think he's not a good voice actor. I think he was doing exactly what they wanted him to do on that. Which would just be him? Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought it was great. I loved him in this. I think I, for me, I need the characterization of Keanu. I mean, yeah, he was playing a caricature. Mm-hmm. Not a character quite so much. But I, I, I mean, thought, I I love Duke Kaboom. Yeah, I thought that worked for him though. Yeah, I just didn't. The voice and body just didn't ever line up for me. Like the voice, like the actions were so wild and crazy. Yeah, and then Keanu was never really above like a six. Oh man, there's something fair to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what I mean. Whereas like I think he was the weakest part. Is like okay. he he didn't his voice doesn't match the intensity of the character. Okay. Um. But this, so you, uh, you said you, what, what were your thoughts on the movie? I, You're not a big fan. I, I enjoyed it. I will probably never watch it again. Okay. I thought the whole thing was kind of pointless. I get it. I get how this is the next logical iteration of what happens to toys, mm-hmm. right? And like these relationships, like they spread like they move apart over time and that you know what was once a favorite toy kind of gets cast aside Mm -hmm. i just wasn't super invested in the story i just didn't really care that much Mm -hmm. okay that's fine yeah i was like yeah and i I, I, I like there were moments that i was like had a like a glimmer of an emotion but it really didn't get me at all it it got me hard 
and I think it's, uh, it's like, I, I resonate so much with the, the concept of just like, I mean, the, the through line of this movie is, um, kind of regret and winning someone back. Cause that's kind of Woody's goal is he wants to be important in someone's life again. Yeah. And that's, um, what's the, the villain, Gabby, um, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. That's a hundred percent her story. Yeah. She's cast aside and now doing cast aside, blaming herself for it, uh, that she's not perfect. Yeah. So she can't ever go back into the world until she is. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I, I, I don't want to resonate with those story points, but I feel like I do. Okay. Uh, I went home and made a list of like, as, as a very regretful person, I made a list of like my, my like life chapters based off of who I was pining after in, in my life. It wasn't healthy. That's for sure. Go on. I don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I, you're, you're down this path already. Continue. I mean, there's not much else to say. It's, it's just like. So then what, what did you do with this list? Oh, nothing. So what was the point of the list? Just curiosity. Just like, can I categorize my life based off of the women that I was uh, trying to win the affection of? Uh, yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not. Uh, Want to analyze this for me? therapist no, no i'm just you know what this I'm, movie made me realize i really need a therapist <laughs> i i'm not going to judge you actually um because i have like relationships in my past that i'm still hung up on that are yeah. like still causing problems for me in my own way so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge you in that regards how dare you judge me in this regard I d- <laughs> <laughs> he never listens to me um Vasilius, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's taking the words right out of my mouth Oh my god! No one would ever want that job of being our podcast couple therapist. I would love to see someone's actual job be like, like podcast counselor. Yeah, it's it's <clears> just like the le- it's the level down from. Uh, no, it's probably the level up. From this is like uh, a Doctor Phil sort of scenario you're, you're breaking down here, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good old. Not this could definitely doctor. be like a Twitch stream. Yeah, like a Twitch version of Doctor Phil. Dear God, as you have you have a. You bring in video game team. This is actually a good idea. You bring in uh, like professional video game teams that aren't syncing together any- anymore. Uh, you bring in podcast duos or trios or hosts that they're just constantly bickering with each other. Mm-hmm. I think this could actually be a thing. Could be a thing. Yeah. So next podcast. Oh God, is, fi- is fixing other podcasts. God, I don't need any more podcasts. YouTube personalities. Oh, Instagram oh, no. stars. I don't want to. I don't want to try and fix influ- influencers. I don't, I don't want to try and fix influencers. They're already broken. That's true. I don't want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I, I look. It's it's fine. It to me, it just wasn't. Did you did fun. you did you remember that? I, I mentioned that horrible Randy Newman song. Did you know what song I was talking about? While I, I was did playing? notice it. Yeah, it's so weird. It's very on the nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just. <laughs> Although I can absolutely relate to Forky as a person who constantly thinks there's tra- oh, that, yeah. they are, that they are trash. That that that's the big joke is Forky is the embodiment of millennials. Yeah, I'm I'm just trash. Yeah. I'm gonna throw myself in the garbage can. Yeah. Trash, 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 trash. trash. I, Look, uh, it's so warm. Trash. Uh, yeah, the, no, there there were things that I liked about it overall. I just wasn't super engaged. It doesn't help that I didn't have a great audience with me. There was like a group behind me that was talking through a lot of it. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I just mm, 
Uh, yeah, it was it was okay. It was just like I I didn't need this movie, and I don't really feel like I've gained much from it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mentally I needed this movie because <laughs> while the credits were rolling, I, I I told I don't think I said it on the podcast. I was in a, a different theater than usual. I love sitting in the front seats, but this one was the seats basically like you can almost touch the screen from the front row of these mm-hmm. seats. Um, so I was basically like my back was in the seat. Okay. Um, and my feet straight up in the air watching this on the, on the big screen. So it felt like I was like sitting on the ground watching it. Um, so y- y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah. You get the visual. Yeah. The way you described it, it sounded like you're going in for like a gynecological exam. <laughs> that's yeah. That's basically what it was. God. Uh, I mean, no one else was in the front area with me. I, sh- I should have taken the hint when I got, I, I went up to the counter because the machines were broken, asking the guy for my ticket, and I picked my seat. He's like, are you okay sitting this close up? I'm like, yeah, this is where I always sit. Uh, I should have taken that as a warning. It was uh, super close? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, just for, for your visual example, the screen was closer than this wall. Okay, so that, yeah, that wall is about, I don't know, 20 feet from me. That's not 20 feet. Yeah, is that about 20 feet? No, because this is 10 feet. Uh, an average an average room is 10 feet tall. You know, the weird thing is, I'm really bad at estimating. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible estimate. I'm that's like, maybe six feet away, Chris. I'm like, that, there's, there's like <laughs> two things I'm really, really bad at in this world. It's estimating like... That really shows. Square footage. Square footage and by proxy, like just distance in a room uh and estimating the number of people like i'm, okay. re- I'm really bad at like the, these two areas of guessing yeah if, if someone's like hey like about how big is this room and how many people can hold i'll be like uh, uh, <laughs> uh it's um i don't i do i need three feet by three uh, feet uh, and I, need, I think 150 people uh, can fit uh, in it. i need a tape measure uh <laughs> and, and a calculator uh, uh i just i will like collapse into a ball on the floor and panic well that's how i felt at the end of this movie um is that's, when that's when the, like it's t- it's it's probably ten feet in front of us. Yeah. Okay. Probably about ten feet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my tape measure afterwards. Yeah. And figure this out. Um. But yeah, I, I was very close to the screen, and so when the movie was over, I was basically in a ball, laying on my chair, uh, just like mentally begging for someone to come and give me like physical human touch. I, I do kind of where get where you're coming from on that. Hmm. And I actually, you know what? I have more to share along those lines off air. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is a much the, better off air conversation. The, the movie did have some sort of emotional effect on me and maybe not in the best way possible. We'll do that off air. Not everything needs to be I, on a podcast. I still feel very vulnerable after that movie. I'm not going to disagree with you in that regards. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Um, what oh, else? And then I watched uh, Yesterday last night. Oh, how was it? It's good. Uh, it doesn't. It's, it's a good movie. It's mm-hmm. fun. The music's good. Um, well, obviously it's the Beatles. Yeah. It's, I think living in LA, there's two major plot points that really bug me in that movie. Um, and specifically being in advertising, how they advertise him coming out as the new artist really, really like upset me. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to go into too many details, uh, that, and then the typical like rom-com setup of how could you choose me over your work? Uh, or sorry, other way around. How could you see your work over me kind of scenario? Yeah. Which I feel is so overplayed. 
but also living in LA where everyone chooses work over love. It just feels so normal now. Wait, does that make Lily James in this movie the Adrian Grenier of the Devil Wars Prada? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I was just going to bring up Devil Wars Prada. Okay, because like I, again, I only watched that movie for the first time within the last year, did it for Gay at Four, and mm-hmm. my big takeaway was her friends are pieces of her shit. Her friends are assholes. Yeah, like you should support your friend in their career and acknowledge yeah, that Yeah, they're like, doing very well in their career, and you were blaming them for being successful yeah okay but also i love lily james though i do she's great okay Mm -hmm. she's like nothing she does is ever mean or bad okay it's she is is kind of she feels she's holding him back okay uh kind of situation oh okay it's like a self-sacrificing like yeah i'm gonna let you go Mm -hmm. be free yeah uh yeah the the whole thing is it's a fine movie i think it's worth seeing in theaters uh, if you don't, it's it's a great great airplane movie. Like you, that, you know, okay. that's my new bar. Yeah. It's like, is it worth watching on a plane? Yeah. No, okay. I mean, I, this I, would be like <clears throat> like top tier airplane film. Okay, I do want to go see it. Yeah, it's on my list. It, it's, it's worth a watch. Okay. Nice. Uh, oh, and, and then uh, one one small thing because they they cover it pretty quickly in the movie. Um, it's not just the Beatles that people forget. There's a bunch of things that people forget. Oh. Okay. Uh, like Coke. But clearly this movie is sponsored by Pepsi because there's a shot where it holds on a Pepsi can for a good like second and a half. Yeah. Like just a close up shot of just a giant Pepsi can. Oh my God. I'm sure Danny Boyle loved doing that. Oh yeah. And then the, uh, the main, I don't remember the guy's name. The main character is just like, but what about a Coke? And the mom's like, a what? Like a Coke? She goes, I don't know what that is. Pepsi's the most popular drink around here. I'm like, oh, no. I don't know about Coke, but I have this amazing RC Cola yeah. waiting for you. There, There's a like three or four moments of like that where it's just like they never. That's my problem is they never explain how everyone forgot okay. these things. Because there's a few other things people forget. And there's one that's like the bug at the end of the movie. And I'm like, don't fucking throw that in. Like, let us have a good ending. Mm-hmm. Um but it's 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 fine. It's good. Okay, I do want to see it. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> what have you been watching, listening, reading? So I do want to plug the latest video from Maddie Washburn and everyone else at the Watchtower database. Uh, Maddie did this amazing video on LGBT representation in the DCAU. I saw. Yeah, um, and it's basically. I mean, the, the the premise of the video is essentially like acknowledging kind of the the lack of. LGBT representation in the DCAU and basically why that wasn't one of the creative's faults. And they found little ways to bring it in here and there. Like there was even a character that they referenced as being gay that I had no idea. I was like, well, go watch the video and then you'll know, go watch Uh, the video. Um, that we're still in spoiler territory. Yeah. And so, uh, but no, it's, and it's just really, really sweet and really heartfelt. And Maddie was kind enough to reach out to me, um, when they were putting it together, basically just want to get my thoughts on it. And, um, I have very little input on it, basically. I was like, no, this is amazing as it is. Like, you know, it's super informative and very, very sincere and very sweet. And it's it's really, really, really fantastic. I absolutely recommend go checking it out. I mean, they always do such incredible work, and I just have a particular soft spot for this one for obvious reasons. Um, but definitely go watch it. Uh, and then the other thing I've been reading recently is the Midnighter comics. Okay. Uh, I've been taking full advantage of the fact that DC Universe still exists to get caught up in a bunch of comics. Sponsored. Yes, exactly. Please give us money. Uh, I finished all of the Batman Beyond comics. 
up to the point before they do like the future's end reboot and then all of a sudden becomes Tim Drake as Batman Beyond. Gotcha. Um, but I finished out the series. I've been wanting to finish out for years. It's all right. There's some good stuff in there. There's some kind of lesser stuff. We get some more info on kind of what may have happened in the DCU because technically it's a different timeline. Um, but they're good comics. But I started doing Midnighter. And they're, they're weird. They're kind of interesting. They remind me of... Uh, like the collaboration between Grant Morrison and Frank quietly. So in terms of like new X-Men, some of the Batman stuff, um, all-star Superman where like the stories are just a little bit kind of off kilter, but they're good. And the, the visual style reminds me a lot of Frank quietly. Gotcha. And I find that a little bit jarring at times. Um, they look, I mean, it's, I'm not gonna say it looks beautiful, but it definitely has a cool look to it all the way through. And Midnighter is a super interesting character. Um, so I'm like basically through the first collected volume and there's a couple more that I'm going to read through. But uh, no, I mean, they're, they're pretty cool. I like them. Nice. So, yeah, I know, I know nothing about the character. He's, <clears throat> he's, if you're going to very simplistically summarize him, he's like gay Batman. Cool. But what he actually is, is a guy who was kidnapped as a child and then completely reprogrammed his computer in his brain. So whereas Batman has conditioned himself to like estimate all of his, but it's a gay computer, a gay computer. Yes. Gotcha. Big okay. gay computer. Um, whereas Batman has conditioned himself to anticipate moves. The computer in Midnighter's brain can actually literally predict what's going to happen. And so it's hard to best him in a fight. And they're kind of clever about how they, they factor them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least in this iteration, he has an ex-boyfriend named Apollo who is essentially Superman. Um, and I know that character comes back into play in issues I haven't read yet. Um, but no, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, if that's something that sounds intriguing to you, I'd definitely check it out because it's up on DC Universe, which yeah. has so much stuff on there. Like, I created a to-read folder. On my account? On your account, yes, Thank exactly. Uh, there's some. There's a lot. <laughs> Is it just multiple iterations of Long Halloween? It's just nothing. <laughs> it's all the Long Halloween. It's all Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Um, no, there's some, there's some, Cameron must read Cameron, read this now. You must read this now. God damn it. Uh, but no, I mean, they have everything. Like I've been for years wondering Grayson. They have that on there. They oh, have nice. bombshells. They have black as night. They do. They, they better. And, and they have that. Uh, they, they are clever that they have a section that you can browse by storyline. They have black. Yes. Night. They actually have all of the different good. Cause uh, that was like, that was so encompassing. Like, it was so big. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to figure out how to read these things. Like mm-hmm. that's why I always do the trades. Cause they're all collected in a really convenient way. And even as I was finishing out the Batman, you know, there's kind of crossover points between the Batman beyond comic and the Justice League beyond. And I tried to kind of guess the best way to read them as possible to make it make sense in order. Yeah. But there's probably some list online. Some, yeah, some nerd put it together. Already. And I, I, you kind of try and find this Fucking down, but it's, it's a lot of work to figure out like the right way to read this when there's a simple way to do it. And it seems like based on the storyline tab, DC universe has figured that out. But I haven't actually explored it yet to know 100. percent Yeah, um, but it's still it's a great it's a great app. I'm continuing to watch The Brave and the Bold, which is fantastic. It's so good. It's really really good. I, I really really love it. So I'm definitely gonna keep going with that. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Nice. You're you're about to get to the best episodes. You're almost on a season one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Season two, I think has the the midpoint of season two. I think has like three of the best. It's the Doom stuff. The yeah, there, there's a. Um, there's an episode before it and there's a new a doom patrol episode and then a, um, Oh God, I just forgot. Buona beast episode right after oh, it. Beast. And the three of them together, maybe it, no, it's after the Buona beast one. It's not before doom patrol. Those three are like so good. Okay. I I'm super excited. I've been really, really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a dead man episode. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, this this is the show that first introduced me to Boston Brand. Yeah. Uh, and he's so great. He's so snarky. I know. I, I really love Deadman. And um, he's voice of Michael Rosenbaum, right? Of course he is. I'm pretty sure he is. What a man. It's great casting. But I think that does it for us this week. We did it. Yeah. Nine more. We're so close. We're getting there. Uh, but if you want to reach out to us, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. How, yes. Wow. I can't you got it. I, it. Yeah, I can't Tell believe us, it. Tell uh, us who is the worst stealth unit. Or infiltration unit. Yes. Okay. That's okay. I want to know. Hmm. There's two things we want to hear input on. Two yeah. very specific things. Who is the worst of the two infiltration units? What is the better characterization of Jasmine? That's okay. I have the answer. It's the TV version. The TV version? Yeah. Aladdin had a TV series. Oh, for fuck's sake. We're, we're not doing the TV version. We're just talking the two movies. What about the sequels? No, we're not going there. Okay. No. But they're like... No, we're just comparing... But Prince of Thieves... I don't care. People I don't say care. It's a great sequel. I don't care. Threequel. I don't care. We're just comparing the animated theatrical release film to the live action theatrical yes. release film. All right, fine. What do you think is a better characterization of Jasmine? Can I say neither? No. All right. We have one of two options. This is a binary choice situation here. Well, that's not fair. Yes, it is. Because they're both bad. That's why I said Better. This is a relative comparison, not an absolute. Okay. I don't want to start this conversation again. I don't want to have an argument. We're almost done. It's fuming. I'm going to, I'm going to take these fumes from a bottle them, put them in my back pocket. Save them for a week. Let them steam. Fine. fine. And the second we start next week's episode, I'm going to blow up. Please go for it. Cannot wait. How dare you? Cannot wait. Uh, you can find me at uh, camera.exer to see my... Uh, idol art page mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to see my face my adventures you can find that at cam dexter underscore adventures yeah on instagram and only instagram yeah working with an iu i'm at lordifer on instagram and twitter great yeah we did it we did it thanks for listening everybody bye bye